The prevalence of social media in our culture today has brought about a wide growth in two particular vices, envy and unchastity. I'll spare you today a discussion on lust, because while it's a significant vice and one that people are often most embarrassed to confess, envy deserves discussion as well, since it's one of those deadly sins. People confess sins of envy, gossip, and jealousy all the time, and you don't hear a lot of sermons about them. We have a good set of readings today to comment on the sin of gossip, so we should probably take a look at it. But to illustrate a point to you, I want to share with you a story that was sent to me by a priest friend. Jean Cardinal Danielou was one of the 20th century's leading experts on the Fathers of the Church. He was one of those figures who, before Vatican II, was considered a progressive Jesuit with a mission to reform the Church. However, after the Council, he was one of those voices urging caution and a return to our first principles. This formidable intellectual was one of the guiding lights behind the reiteration of the Catholic Church's teaching against contraception in the 1968 document Humani Vitae. He also vigorously defended the Church's teaching on priestly celibacy, even though his progressive colleagues in academia turned on him for being a traitor. Now, on May 20th, 1974, he was found dead in a fifth-floor apartment in Paris owned by a woman who belonged to the oldest profession in the history of the world. So what do we have here with this story? Leading conservative intellectual churchman found dead in the home of Woman of the Night, just another in a long series of hypocritical priests who abuse their power, preaching one thing and then doing another. Right. The Jesuits launched an investigation. The results were kept silence. It all seemed pretty obvious, or was it? It was not until 2012 that the truth actually emerged. You see, the woman was caught up in human trafficking. The colonel took the money from the books that he wrote on theology to bring to her to pay for her daily needs. Not with judgment, no anger, just charity and mercy. Now, the woman said nothing when Cardinal Danielou died because she was truly and utterly terrified of the consequences that a spotlight on her could bring. The Cardinal's progressive colleagues found out that he was actually innocent of the charges violated him by the media, and they still said nothing because the powers that be seemed perfectly happy to tarnish the reputation of a man who rejected their agenda. Just a few days before his death, the Cardinal wrote the following words in his diary. Jesus I've come to know that you do not want me to distinguish my sins from the sins of others in the world, but to enter more deeply into your heart and consider myself responsible for the sins of those persons whom you may wish. You make me feel, Jesus, that I must descend even lower, take with me the sins of others, except as a result of all the, punish all the punishments that these may draw down upon me from your justice, and in a particular way the disdain of persons for whom I will offer myself to accept the great debasements of which I am not worthy, in order to be ready at last to receive and accept the small ones. Then, Jesus, my charity will resemble that with which you have loved me. His brother, an apostate to Hinduism, wrote these words of the cardinal. He tried to help prisoners, criminals, troubled young people, women of the night. I deeply admired this ending of life similar to that of the martyrs, whose fragrance rises to heaven amid the opprobrium and sarcasm of the world. He died as true saints die, in suspicion, in mockery, in the disdain of a spiteful and vile society. Spiteful and vile aptly describe much of the current climate of the world in which we live. We lack the humility to see, to accept, and change the darkness that many of us do not want to admit that we still carry within ourselves as a result of sin. And so we point out the splinter in our brother's eye, 
instead of the beam in our own. We don't think twice about why we're so eager to mention other people's names in conversation, to dissect their every action, assume their motivations, and broadcast the findings of what we think is clear-cut evidence to anyone and everyone who will listen. Then, if someone even hints at the fact that we're being a little more of a gossip, we lash out. How dare you? We start dividing people against each other as slander and rash judgment become our daily bread. Our Lord, in St. Matthew's Gospel, gives us a method by which we're meant to address the sins of others. He does not say, when your brother, when you see your brother's sin, go and tell all that you know that he is a sinner. No, the first action he gives us is to address the issue directly to our brother in secret, and if that fails, to bring with you another whom that person may trust. But our first option is usually to move to gossip, as if informing the public of the mistakes of others somehow makes, them, makes us better than them. We immediately move to judgment and suspicion of others. We form stories in our heads of why they're acting that way, why they really are bad people. St. Francis de Sales, in his Introduction to a Devout Life, writes, Noah got drunk once and lot twice, yet neither one of them was a drunkard. Because Peter shed blood does not mean that he was a bloodthirsty man, nor was he blasphemous because he once blasphemed. Even if a man may have been addicted to a vice for a long time, we are in danger of falsehood if we call that man a vicious man. Since God's goodness is so immense that a single moment suffices for us to ask and receive his grace, what certainty can we have that a man who yesterday was a sinner is such today? It is only the last day that judges all days. We must never draw conclusions from yesterday to today, nor from today to yesterday, and still less to tomorrow. St. Francis de Sales' point is that, thank God, people can change. Grace can totally transform the life of another person. Don't dangle people's sins over them. It's one thing to speak out against evil, but if we're doing it, but are we doing it to the person involved with the view of helping them? Or do we have a desire for revenge? Could it simply be that we're because we're a gossip and we like to spread information around that people don't have? We need to be honest with ourselves. When the name of another person passes your lips, what are you doing? And more importantly, why? We should remember that slander comes under the fifth commandment, Thou shalt not kill. It is a form of murder. St. Bernard of Clairvaux preached as such. The one who slanders and the one who listens, he says, have the devil in their company. Consider that the next time the banter in the break room veers into this territory, or the conversation with a friend casually slides into the latest juicy gossip about so-and-so. It's a sober thing to think that the same Satan who tempted our Lord Christ in the desert is hanging around the water cooler as well. We must avoid pretending that we're being helpful by repeating gossip. St. Francis de Sales teaches, He who draws a bow draws the arrow as close as he can to himself, but it is only to let it fly more forcibly. And so such slanderers appear to be withholding their evil speaking, but it is only to let it fly with surer aim and go deeper into their listeners' minds. As Christians, we have a duty to speak the truth in love, but we also have to make sure we do so out of true charity. We need to be wise enough to realize that some people just want to pull us into their drama, and they have their own agendas and why they're doing so. To preserve our spiritual peace and our freedom, do not take the bait of rash judgment and slander, because what's on the other end of that line is not a friend or a loved one, it's Satan. We have a duty to one another. That was my point in the homily last week. And as our Lord teaches today, that duty sometimes requires us to charitably and discreetly make another aware of the error of their ways. Discretion here is the key. But make no mistake, 
Helping others towards holiness is a duty of ours, especially towards our friends and loved ones. As the prophet Ezekiel explains, If I tell the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and yet do not speak out to dissuade the wicked from his way, the wicked shall die for his guilt, but I will hold you responsible for his death. If we continue to gossip about the sins of others and do nothing to help them, then we are responsible for their sins as well, and we could be responsible for the death of their soul, which is why we in the church again understand the sin of gossip to be a form of murder. Instead, love one another. Love does not uh, intend evil to the neighbor. Hence, love is the fulfillment of the law.